0: Hey, Redcasters, be sure to subscribe to our channel and ring the bell to be notified about our latest videos. Go Big Red. Welcome to the Go Big Redcast, the Husker Fan Sports Show. Welcome to the Go Big Redcast. I'm your host, Honky. I'm going to be doing a solo show here was sitting downstairs and watching a little bit of the Northwestern Rutgers game and just had a bunch of thoughts in my head, and I wanted to get them out. It's been a, a jam-packed weekend of college football, and, and it's almost done with week one here. But uh, starting on Thursday down there in Minneapolis, all the way through uh, you know, yesterday watching the Colorado TCU game, it, there's been a lot to unpack. And uh, that all leads up to what's going to be happening next week in Boulder, which we'll be heading down there for as well. Uh, I want to talk a little bit today, focus on a couple things here. The the race to six, that's the mantra that I've been giving all offseason on the Redcast, about the importance of getting to six wins. As I said all throughout, whether it was it took us six weeks to get there, if it takes us all 12 weeks, the importance of getting to six, that tangible evidence of success, of getting to a bowl game, which we haven't made since 2016, and I think that that's you know, really crucial in year one of, of Coach Rule, and I don't think – Nothing I saw this week makes me think we can't get there. Let's be very clear about that. In fact, there's a lot of things, and we can talk about this, a lot of things that were done in Minneapolis that that make me feel more than ever that we're going to get to that six. Uh, also, I want to give a little bit of credit here to Colorado and uh, on their 45-42 win yesterday at TCU. Impressive victory in parts. There's areas that I think the Buffaloes have some concerns about too. We'll get to that with a preview. And we're going to finish also talking a little bit about I think the mental health of Nebraska and Husker Nation and uh, these next four or five days leading up to the game uh, and then the game itself. Uh, hopefully we get the victory for, for Husker Nation as much as anything, but let's keep things in perspective. And so I think let's start with that. It was It's week one of college football, and there's plenty of examples over the course of years of where teams come out and do really well or really poor and they get it turned around. There's so much about matchups. Um, thinking of the Colorado team here, I was very impressed. Let's start off with that. I want to start off by giving credit to what Coach Prime and the Buffaloes did there. Not a lot of people gave them that hope or that shot of doing it. I think it was a 20-point spread or so for TCU to win it. And for all the reasons, you're carrying over a lot of baggage from last year. Colorado was a 1-11 team. TCU played for the national championship. Now, as we know, TCU, that was a fraction of the TCU team that was playing in that national championship game. I think they had three returning starters on defense. It looked like it a lot of the time. But uh, but I don't mean that to take credit away from what Colorado did. Uh, Shadour Sanders was amazing. To go 38 of 47, to have 510 yards passing, a Colorado record, four touchdowns. They had four different uh, players catch over 100 yards in that game. It was a very impressive offensive output. And specific to Sanders, just staying on their quarterback for a second here, the poise that he showed out there for being his first FBS game, uh, was amazing. I, I I give him a ton of credit for that. Uh, we, in fact, the thing that really scares me is that I know he's brings mobility. I always talk about that. He brings mobility to the game, and we really didn't have to see a lot of that yesterday. He didn't really have to use his legs a lot. He was able to be very comfortable in that pocket, and whether they brought blitzes or whatever, he got rid of the ball to the right guy. So he is he played a very good game there and as he said after the game he's a Sanders so he doesn't feel any of the pressure well that's going to be one of the things Nebraska has to do they have to get some pressure on him next week there's no doubt about that uh, Nebraska's got to find a way to try to rattle him uh but it wasn't just Sanders out there obviously Travis Hunter was another player big time player for them I mean he's a huge recruit there and he went out there and he had you know 11 catches 119 yards no touchdowns although he could have had twelve catches for probably 160 because he did drop a long touchdown pass that would have been a tough catch, but uh, certainly was one that he would have thought he would have made. But the interesting thing about Hunter is that he isn't just an offensive player; he plays both sides of the ball, and he had about 120 plays total. Uh, that's not sustainable over the course of a season by any means. I don't think people would think. But on top of that, he, what was impressive? He did it yesterday in Texas heat, 100 plus degrees out there on the on the field. Uh, It's not going to be like that for him next week up in the uh, the altitude. But what I think that we can do to him, and I started to focus a little bit of this yesterday on Twitter with this, was that I think we can be physical with this kid. And if you're going to play cornerback, and you're going to be out there on the field every play, whether we throw the ball 50 times or run it 50 times, you can find ways to get that kid hit and make that kid work on defense specifically on defense, you can't really take a break the same way if he's just a receiver on offense. A lot of times you see the backside receiver when the run goes the other way, the backside receiver takes the play off. When you're the cornerback, I mean, we can block you every single play, and he needs to be blocked every single play. 100% legal. I had a couple of Colorado fans uh, come back at us yesterday and, and say, well, oh, geez, you know, Husker fans, you guys are saying, you know, get this guy hurt. You know, I thought you guys didn't like that. You guys were claiming all this stuff when Martinez got hurt by a Colorado player five years ago. No, I'm not talking about when the guy's on the ground twisting his leg around and doing things like that. I'm not saying anything dirty. Everything clean. Uh, this is, again, I'm, I've come back from the, the 80s and 90s of Husker football. That's my where I grew up. And I think of the itty-bitty committee of receivers back then that they just hit guys over and over again. And they could actually kind of neutralize really good secondary players, corners, safeties, by hitting them on so many blocking plays that by the time passes were coming to them and everything, a lot of times those guys were playing different because they were always looking, you know, their heads were always looking like this on a swivel. They didn't know when the hit was going to come or where it was going to come from being physical. Let's get some hits on him. Have a fullback lead, go out there to him and, and, and knock him over, have a Fedoni or a tight end, go out there and hit him on some plays. That's one of the things that can, that can start to neutralize a really dynamic player. All legal, all within the the realm of the game. This is a physical sport. And what I would do if I was Nebraska is make this a really physical game. And I think that's the thing that this is. When I look at Colorado and Nebraska after one week, it's a game of differing styles. It's as simple as that. One of these teams wants to spread you out, get up to the line of scrimmage right away, get as many plays out there, and they're going to want to put up 60 points if they can. Nebraska. Just got done playing a 13-10 to game, and Nebraska played outstanding defense. I mean, we we were physical, we hit, we tackled extremely well. I mean, there weren't a lot of missed tackles by that Nebraska team, and when we tackled, we also gained tackled. So we're going to be all over the field and uh, hopefully have, you know, two, three guys around whoever the, car- the ball carrier is. Again, Colorado had four guys with 100 yards receiving. No doubt. They have talented players out there. They have skilled players. Being physical is one of the things. One of the things that, that Colorado did successfully, too, they had a lot of short crossing patterns that they ran. And Nebraska's D-line, especially when we're only bringing three, which we did quite a bit towards the end of the game with uh, Minnesota, uh, Tony White kind of scaled back some of the, the blitz calls. And if we do that, we've got to get D-line and getting hands up. There's opportunities, I think, to knock down a pass or two, to knock down those shallow crosses. But when you're dropping eight back like that, you want to keep everything in front of you, and then you just got to be sure tacklers when you get a chance. Colorado's one-dimensional. Now, that one-dimension put up 510 passing yards. Are they going to do that every single game of the season? I mean, we'll see, right? I I would say I doubt it. But they put up 55 rushing yards on 34 rushes. That's 1.6 yards a carry. Conversely, TCU had 262 yards on them rushing, 37 rushes, 7.1 yards a carry. So Colorado couldn't stop the run, and they couldn't run it. What did Nebraska do? Nebraska had 181 yards, 37 rushes, 4.89 yards of carry. They shut Minnesota down to 55 yards rushing, the exact same amount that Colorado had. It's what we held Minnesota to, and you know Minnesota at least wants to run it. When you take the three sacks out, because that's a sack adjusted for Nebraska, Sims had three sacks for 25 yards. You take those out. We had 206 rushing yards on 34 carries, 6.05 yards a carry. We could do that against Minnesota, and Minnesota's defense is going to be better than Colorado's. So what does that tell you? Nebraska needs to play the style of ball that it wants to play against Colorado. It needs to be able to get into some big sets, tight ends, fullback. Irvin only had seven carries for 55 yards, 7.9 yards a carry. He needs a bigger workload than that. Sims, especially in that first half, used very well in the uh, in the, the option game, and the zone read game. That combination is going to work. It, it's uh, I'll be shocked if Colorado can defend and stop our run game. So if we can run the ball, we're going to run clock. We're going to control the clock. We can put together some long drives. Now, where was our issues? I mean, we had four turnovers. Three of them passes, but not just passes. Passes out of the pocket. And I think Sims lacked some of that poise in the pocket that we saw from Shooter Sanders. There's always a place for a pocket. I mean, we're not going to get rid of the pocket passing, but we understand also, we have to understand that everything's based off of that run game with this passing attack here. We've got to be able to, to play action, roll out. When we get Sims out of the pocket and into run pass options, I think it simplifies the field. It narrows it down to where he has one or two receivers or go. Things are fast. He's not waiting back there in the the pocket. A lot of times what we saw were just delays. I mean, there'd be somebody open. Oh, he missed it. He didn't see the person or the, the rush was starting to come. He didn't feel it. And he took a sack. That he didn't need to take. He didn't have any more pressure on him at times than what the Minnesota quarterback had, but the Minnesota quarterback would feel the pressure and roll out of it. And so, Really, it's about putting Sims in the best positions. And this is something that, you know, I, I'll go all the way back to the Big Red Wrap-Up uh, interview that Michael Severe did with Coach Rule before the season. We highlighted a little piece of this on our Twitter account yesterday. It was a little, like, 30-second clip. And he said offensively, we're going to adapt as the, over the course of the season, and we're going to find out what our players do well, and we're going to do that. And I think that there's plenty of things that we can see out of the Nebraska-Minnesota game where we can we know what we did well. We know the areas that we think that, you know, I wish we would have gone back and done this a little bit more. I wish we wouldn't have done these things. You can learn that off of one week. And the big difference for me between week one and week two is what do we see coming out against Colorado? If we sit here and try to throw the ball up 35 times against Colorado, I mean, I'm going to be as confused. I'll be as probably as as upset as any other Husker fan out there because that doesn't really seem like that's something that we're built to do. Everyone tells us we don't have the, the skill players at receiver and all that to to do that kind of offense. Well, don't do that kind of offense. And I think that we have the size and the, the ability, the strength to really be a physical team this year. That's one of the walkaways from this. Mac and I on the drive down there did a little video. You can find it out there on our TikTok and on our YouTube page. And it was the five expectations that we have of this team. And it started with number one was physicality. And I think that we saw that against Minnesota. We looked every bit as physical, if not more, than, you know, one of those big, rugged Big Ten West teams that's known for being physical. We, we held up on our end in that regard. One of the five expectations we had was better tackling. No problem with that. If I had to give a grade, I'd give it an A. I mean, very rarely did you see us missing those opportunities. So we tackled well. We looked like a team that's been tackling all offseason. I think it showed in the game. Special teams and an emphasis on special teams. That was important. I would say that I'd give us darn near an A there too. Uh, Minus the very first punt that they kicked against us, which was a low, hard to catch punt. And then it just rolled down to the one. Short of that, uh, Billy Kemp caught every punt and even got some uh, little hidden yardage, four or five yard returns. Obviously, Ramir Johnson had a great uh, kickoff return there to begin the second half, put us right into scoring range. And we scored within the first minute of the second half. Uh, Alvano goes out there and makes his first two kicks, an extra point and a a field goal. That's going to be huge. We're going to come down to games where field goals are going to be the determining factor. And then the run game priority, that was number four. We thought that was going to be an expectation that we thought was going to happen, run game priority. And for the most part, I would say I'm, I'm optimistic there. I saw a lot of things I really liked. Some of the zone read, and obviously I love the I formation under center option they ran in the first half with Sims loved it but the seven carries for 55 yards for Irvin he especially as being your starting running back we need more output we need more carries given to our big back there he needs to be able to have 14 15 carries and he needs to take away some of those carries that Sims had Sims had 19 carries three of them were sacks so really 16 carries there were probably four five six at least that were quarterback blasts quarterback you know uh uh called runs, not just a, a decision that he made, but actually quarterback runs up the middle third and short and he'd get the first down. I'd love to see those plays being given to Irvin. I'd love to see him taking those hits and not not Sims. I'd love to see a fullback leading that, uh, be the the lead blocker there, not a running back being a lead blocker out of the shotgun for uh the quarterback. There's so many things and I'm not asking for anything that's not already in the offense. So uh, you know, that's where I really think that uh uh, There's some real good things they showed on offense there, but it's about getting Sims out of the pocket. It's about using his legs to stress the defense. Every time Sims is in the pocket throwing a ball, the defense right away, they've got to be thinking that's that's good for us. He may complete it, but I'd rather him be in there than outside because when he's outside, now we that puts stress on the defense in a lot of different ways. Get Sims out of the pocket, rollouts, all those things, Uh, Get him out there in in some run-pass options. Get him out there in the option. And uh, he's a dangerous quarterback. And last but not least, situational football was something that we talked a lot about and we thought we'd be better at. And there were situations we were better at it. Obviously, there's play-calling issues that uh, I think a lot of Husker fans had, especially in the last 10 minutes of the game, uh, the possession where we went three straight passes. And what's interesting is even the first pass, I'll hear people say we need receivers that can take the top off of defense. Tommy I mean, Hill took the top off. He was five, six, seven yards behind that re- defender. It wasn't about not having a a receiver taking the top off, but we've got to be able to have get get that completion. I mean, that completion was there if you're good enough to to make that completion. And if you're not, if that's not your strength, then to go back to the Big Red Wrap Up uh, interview, if that's not your strength, if we can't complete that pass, or if we don't find the the receiver wide open in the end zone, we can't do those things. Then. There's sometimes, especially early in the season, we got to find a way with that playbook to rip some stuff out and just say, that's not what we're going to do. We're going to focus on these. these we're going to be better at fewer things. We're going to be really good at those, and that's it. I, I saw that on defense. Tony White, I, you know he wanted to dial up more blitzes. You know he wanted to do more things in that first game. We called a couple blitzes. They didn't quite come home, and, and they'd, they'd hit a pass on us. And I think he just kind of he drew it back a little bit. He's like, okay, this is what we're going to do. Well, we're just going to do these things and let's not, let's not put ourselves in any other bad situations there. So I guess maybe to to finish this up a little bit is to talk about, I think kind of the reaction to week one, especially for some in Husker nation, especially on social media. I'm seeing some of that, that the mental health (laughs) issues of, we started this podcast in, in April of 2017. I understand why. We haven't seen a, a winning season with this podcast. We haven't seen a bowl game. And there's so much carryover effect that what we did five years ago is what we're seeing again. or What we did six years ago, we're seeing again. Or what we saw last year is what we saw again. And we really do need to separate the two. We won that last game in two of the three categories of football. We won it on defense. We won it on on special teams. And I really don't even know that we lost it on offense other than the turnovers. It's not like... Minnesota beat us with their offense. Um, But I think we tried to do too much on offense, and I think a simpler game plan there would have won it. Against Colorado here, what we need to do is we need to be able to keep their offense off the field. Simple as that. If we've got to respect the three- and four-yard runs at the beginning of the game, three-and-a-half yards of carry gets you a first down. Three of those in a row, you get a first down. You're going to take clock off. We need to take five, six, seven, eight minutes off the clock on some of these drives against Colorado. Keep all that talent off the field. Have Hunter be on the field but playing cornerback, getting him hit instead of him being on the field making plays offensively against you. This is a game of styles, and that's the style that we need to try to get them into. But uh, but the toxicity of of Husker Nation it just it's a lot of things. I we responded to one of the media guys in the Huskers uh, Husker Nation that talked about Thomas Fedoni and uh, yeah, this guy's not going to be good. And it's like, this is the first game the guy played in three years. He's had two season ending knee surgeries for cripe's sakes. Give the guy a break. It was one week. Yeah. He didn't make a catch, but it was one week. And so I, I, that's something I I just want to keep mentioning to people is that we don't know everything about these teams yet. One week into a season, you know, I can remember back in 2019, Maryland came out and blew out Howard, I think was their first game. Came back and they blew out a ranked Syracuse team. And immediately, Maryland got ranked. And this is a dangerous team. And oh my gosh, I, I hope we don't have to play Maryland. And they ended up three and nine. And the ranked Syracuse team that they played ended up five and seven. Looking backwards on it, we would sit there and say, well, that Syracuse team probably shouldn't have been ranked in the first place. And that Maryland team wasn't as good. I don't know how good CU is going to be. We'll learn more as each game goes on. I don't know if TCU should have been preseason ranked. The way they looked yesterday, I would say no. But uh, they were preseason ranked based off of what they did a year ago. That's fine. Colorado didn't get a lot of credit based off of what they did a year ago. That's understandable. But that isn't a great predictive thing of what's going to happen next week and the week and the week after that. So this is going to be a very different style game than what either of those two teams played in the first week. Colorado's going to want to try to turn it into a track meet, and Nebraska's going to try to make it like it was up in the Twin Cities. And so we'll see who wins that based off of that style approach. But uh, what I will say is, moving forward and going out there, we're going to be heading out there. The Redcast is on Thursday. Friday night's going to be a great night out at Estes Park, the Battle in Boulder. Uh, There's going to be former Husker players and all that there. It's just going to be a lot of fun to, to be around Husker fans up there in the Rockies. It always is. So, you know, I think what I want to end with is just that this is not a game to be feared in Boulder this weekend. This is a game that is an unbelievable opportunity. When I talk about the race to six, it's a great opportunity on a very national stage for Coach Rule to get that first win. And it was Rick Neuheisel yesterday on TV. He talked about how this is going to be the center of the college football world next weekend is Boulder. Now, I think a lot of people can make an argument that Texas Bama might <laughs> might be that, but that's beyond the point is that a game against a 1-11 and 4-18 from a year ago is going to have this kind of eyeballs on it. Uh, it's an opportunity for Coach Rule with very differing styles, as, as I've already talked about, for very differing styles. What can we do to overpower them? What can we do to keep the ball away from their offense? What can we do to kind of honestly create a blueprint that TCU clearly couldn't what can we do to create a blueprint for what you would do against Colorado moving forward? This is what happens a lot of times in that difference between week one and week two. So we've seen a lot from Colorado again, very impressed with the play that they did. Um, The the biggest concern I have really right now with Shadur Sanders, as much as anything is him still being able to break out of the pocket. You do everything right on defense, everything, right. Everyone's covered and maybe he takes off and, goes and gets 10 yards and gets the first down. We didn't see a lot of that yesterday. He didn't have to do that. That's a, that's a hidden tool that he still has in the toolbox that we've got to be able to account for as well. And I don't know if that means we spy him. Not sure what Tony White's going to come up with that. But I think we've got to be able to try and knock down some of the shallow passes, keep re- uh, receivers in front of you, and make tackles. And if he has time to, to throw the ball deep there, that's going to be a problem. We've got to be able to get a rush on him. Some of the plays they had were longer developing plays. If they have time to to complete those things, I mean, we could be in some trouble there. But biggest thing is on offense, let's value those three-yard runs, those four-yard runs. Let's keep the ball, ball control, and let's win the time of possession. Man, if we could have 40 minutes of time of possession, that would be a good thing for us this week. So keep the faith, Husker fans. Keep the faith, uh, Redcasters. Uh, I don't know if we've got a Redcast plan this week or not yet. I don't know what our schedule exactly looks like. I know I'm going to be going on the Huskies podcast on Tuesday night. Their new podcast with Herd at Sports, so that'll be a lot of fun. But until uh, we see you next, that's a go, big Redcast A Herd at Sports Network production.